Hello, it's uh, 10 o'clock in Finland. This is Out of Line episode uh, 27. And uh, today we'll be talking about Finnish nationalism. The video you saw in the intro was also yesterday on Monday night shit post on DLive. <coughs> we uh, had an appearance there. It was a good stream. Be sure to follow them on uh, DLive Monday night shit post. Uh, Nick and uh, Keys are very nice people. Yeah, it was a, 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 a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, so... We just start the live stream with stuttering. <laughs> it's uh, it's not easy. Uh, we had a, two, uh, a Finnish live stream just before this. Uh, so, yeah, maybe we'll... We, we are going to a conference in uh, August the 8th, and uh, that's uh, in two weeks, something one one and a half weeks we'll be there uh, talking about uh, life as a nationalist and uh, 
there are many people, there's four or five speakers and I'm one of them. So this might as well work as a rehearsal. I will not write a speech, I will just put some bullet points and improvise from those because I think uh, uh, reading from paper in a conference it's very boring. You might as well just publish a blog and say please read this. Uh, so I'll I'll be talking about uh, how it is how it has been and uh, today we'll talk about this um, same topic. Um, I I started becoming an uh, anti-immigration activist in 2008. So maybe we'll uh, talk about these years. It's been what 12 years now. And uh, we enter the city council. This is our, uh, I don't know if it's the biggest win that we've had, but uh, many times well, there's lots of uh, good people, uh, good streamers that have uh, very good skills in uh, debating and uh, explaining uh, the, the problems we are facing in, the, in our societies. But it's very rare that these same people are in politics. So it's, um, it's a bit of a waste to, to, to see all these people, very bright people, speak about topics and they are not what we get as politicians, they are stupid idiots that uh, don't really know. Some, of course, some politicians understand, but many don't, and uh, even on our side. And I think uh, it has a lot to do with it that um, uh, to go into politics, you need to take a risk of being embarrassed. Like you need to take the risk of uh, not getting through uh, of absolute failure and I think it's it makes a lot of people nervous that uh, they think that okay what if I don't succeed and then I will be mocked for it relentlessly and I think that's one uh, thing that sort of turns people off from politics because it's safer to just uh, like stay on YouTube and not take that sort of risk. Yeah good examples might be Sargon of Akkad and Kondankula they had huge uh, viewership on YouTube, but when they uh, went as candidates, they uh, they were ridiculed. So, uh, well, that didn't happen to us. We won the election. Next April, we have a new election, and maybe this time we both get in because currently I'm the I'm the councilman, and Tina is the vice council. Man, and um, we'll see if next year we can make it so that we both are there. We might take Edward Dutton as a candidate on our list if he agrees. We haven't. We've talked about this uh, many times on our Finnish streams, but we never even asked him. So maybe in April we'll we'll go to Dutton and say, "Okay, you are now the candidate." So he. It would be just for fun and we might both get in and that would be a very very huge win because uh, the first step was to enter the city council and now that we are there it's to double the uh, our group's size there so we can make much 
we can annoy the, the lips even more, trigger the lips even more by being both there. Because since I'm alone there, I, I cannot do all the bureaucratic stuff that uh, uh, triggers them a lot. But if we are together there, we can uh, we can make their life even harder. Of course, with two people, we cannot change the, uh, the, the, the situation, but it's it's better than to be outside. So we can take part in the, the discussion there. Yeah, and I think uh, uh, work around for that uh, fear of embarrassment a lot of people might have is to just have a humble attitude about it. Because, of course, it's going to end up embarrassing if you go in with this smug attitude that you're going to win and um, th then if it doesn't really work out then of course it's going to be embarrassing but if you go in with uh, this sort of humble attitude that okay we will do our best and uh, see what comes of it and if we don't succeed at first uh, then we will try to learn from our mistakes mistakes and do better next next time because that's also something that people should be able to uh, uh, cope with uh, failures every now and then because nobody succeeds all the time. You don't. There, there is no politician who came out of nowhere and uh, and immediately started succeeding on every level. And uh, and there, that just uh, isn't how life works. You need to start building movements from ground up. And of course, especially when you are in the beginning phase of things and you don't have much experience, mistakes will be made. And that's just a part of the thing. So I think that's also one thing that... Uh, because, uh, because nationalists understandably feel a sense of urgency that uh, we are in a hurry because we are basically in a race against time. Uh, they they are not good at dealing with uh, failures and mistakes because they have that sense of hurry in them all the time. So if something doesn't immediately work out, uh, people are very prone to just then abandon the entire idea and move on to something else instead of persevering with that one thing or persisting with that one thing and uh, uh, trying to make it work. Yeah, uh, there's... Um so what is hosting this show? Thanks for thanks. the host. Uh, Kiss Kardashian is uh, also hosting. Thanks. Yeah, thanks. And uh, there's VTFMV celebrating his 10-month sub streak. Oh, great. So you can subscribe to our channel. Uh, it's uh, 300 lemons per month. Uh, Star Pilot sent a diamond. Uh, Nurms did the same. There's a Weirdos Unite who sent an ice cream. I usually don't read the ice creams, but last week Weirdos Unite for some reason you you were very angry at us. I don't know why, but uh, thanks for the donation. Monday Night Shitpost is also hosting, so be sure to follow. Uh, so what is a German guy? He makes uh, uh, interesting streams on D Live, and he has a B Truth channel. Uh, he he's a very angry German. Uh, it's, when the Saxon began to hate, uh, he's the, the prototype of that. So you can donate on uh, D-Life with lemons. Uh, you can use Entropy if uh, you preferred. All the links are 
Below we have a subscribe star account if you prefer regular donations with smaller fees. I put the link in the, the chat. You can watch this show on VKD Live and Periscope. Um, the uh, replays, I always uh, upload them to BitChute. We also have a BitChute channel, bitchute.com slash out of line. So uh, it's our archive. Um, there's uh, We have a bank account. We I, I created a, a company just for this, uh, for the... Uh, for taxing pur purposes, uh, because uh, if uh, we get donations, we have to pay taxes. So I created a company, so all the all the stuff goes through that. It's easier. Uh, Finland, they tax us for, and they don't give nothing to us. It's uh, we are we are the real oppressed people here. We have to pay for the fake news. We have a tax in Finland. We have a tax for the fake news. Everyone has to pay a tax, one hundred fifty dollars per month, per uh, year, just to uh, to fund the local PBS uh, network. It's uh, very enraging because they uh, all they say is fake news. They spread fake news about Portland. Today I saw on Twitter a Finnish journalist saying that yeah, the videos from Portland might seem very. Uh, very bad, but uh, actually, it's more like a uh, cat and mouse play here. Okay, Ask the guy, what about the the five permanently blinded federal agents in Portland? Is that also part of your stupid cat and mouse game? But uh, he, they, they never reply to me. I, I know, but uh, it's fun to to express to them how we feel about them. So uh, there was also a murder in Finland. We talked about it. Uh, it happened three weeks ago and only today they were were they able to to publish the pictures of the perpetrators. And uh, I'll, I'll just this has this is not a main uh, subject, but it's an important thing. Uh, so on July 4th, these uh, fine young men were celebrating the Independence Day, I suppose, July 4th. And uh, now the police is uh, looking for... The police published today, so it's been 24 days and it's now... Just today they posted these pictures. And as you can see, they are, they are enriching the culture in uh, Finland. And uh, they attacked a Finnish guy for no reason and... Uh, Outside of the uh, the bar, they 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 beat him again. They kicked him in the head, and he's dead now. So um, these are the the things that make you very angry because we know that if if they get caught, they will get lawyers. Uh, they will get uh, every the media is on their side. I don't know why the media is on killer side. The media calls me the the worst scum of the earth. The the I'm like radioactive waste. They, the the Finnish media they call me those names. They call me a Nazi, a Nazi clown, a racist and whatever. But these 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 killers for some reason the media likes them. And we've noticed that and we that's why everybody 
that understands where we are going hates these uh, people. There was a countercurrent on the Twitter. He said, uh, "Ajab, all journalists are bastards," and uh, that's. Uh, well, you have to have some sort of a defect in your brain, and or at least in your morality, to have that sort of worldview and priorities that. Uh, uh, people saying things online, people making live streams or writing tweets angers you more than any like horrific crime ever could. Like you cannot imagine such a horrific, uh, let's say, sex crime that it would anger these uh, journalists as much or more than you saying stuff on your live streams. Yeah, I, I saw that uh, in Sweden they had a new case uh, there's a nine-year-old that was raped by, a, by a, an enricher and uh, he will not be deported and this is fine for uh, these journalists. And a big part of nationalist activism is also um, this alternative media and that's why we many times we, we criticize the media, here's a uh, a nine-year-old was raped by this uh, this guy. This happened in April, and it's Ahmed Dahir Mahamoud, 39. He's uh, been in Sweden since 2005, and uh, 2014 he uh, uh, be he 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 was uh, naturalized. He he got the Swedish citizenship, and he worked as a uh, a translator. And in June 2018, he he was already convicted for sexual abuse on kids. Then uh, he raped a 12-year-old in a bus stop and uh, he used a knife. And uh, now the, his newest newest victim is a nine-year-old, and the victim was found on a road and she was uh, bleeding and uh, he could face 11 years uh, in prison but uh, it's probably not 11 years and he will not be deported so these news items uh, they are fine for the media the, the media they love their enrichers but uh, us they hate us they whatever we do it's uh, always hate and actually, I don't know, maybe maybe there is, maybe in the beginning we didn't hate, but uh, gradually we began to hate everything because this is too fucked up to, to, not, uh, to not react to. So here is the, the Finnish, uh, this Mikko Martinen, uh, he's a uh, U.S. correspondent for the Finnish newspaper Ilta Sanomat, and he says, uh, I've been one night in Portland. On TV, the protests look wild, but in reality, these are this is a uh, pretty innocent cat and mouse game. Are these pictures uh, in the benefit of Trump or the protesters? In Trump's... Uh, uh, election advertisement they they claim that uh, choosing biden will lead to anarchy so this is a mainstream news journalist who says that okay it's 
Portland, it's just a cat and mouse game. Uh, no big deal. And imagine if uh, uh, what the reaction of this. And I think if we googled, we might even find his real life reaction. Uh, what the reaction uh, of this guy is when, let's say, Nordic resistance movement is marching, uh, let's say, on Independence Day, not, doing nothing else, just holding their march and making a few speeches. Then these same journals are all upset and they are saying how it's a horrifying uh, testimony for the rise of the far-right threat that we have not, literal Nazis, uh, marching on our streets. And then they are panicking. When you have uh, like a neatly dressed guy is uh, walking quietly and uh, making a couple of speeches and then leaving. But when when these guys are burning cities on the ground, uh, assaulting people, even murdering people, it's no big deal. Yeah, these journalists, they must be psychopaths. At least they are liars that we... Yeah. I don't think they are really psychopaths. I think they are just really stupid because uh, they they always seem to forget that, that uh, thing... Um, that was also painted on the wall in, I think, well, it was one of the Berkeley or Berkeley riots, um, and it said, uh, liberals get the bullet too. So these liberal journals who are like these very milksop type of liberals that they would never uh, join some sort of Antifa riot crowd themselves, uh, they pander these Antifa types and BLMs imagining that they are somehow friends with them, that they are on the same side, but they don't really understand that often the Antifa types hate them even more than they hate us, because uh, they find these fence-sitters more like cowards, that at least their actual opponents they can respect on some level, because they are uh, fighting for their values, but uh, they really despise these fence-sitters. So, uh, it's, uh, I think it's stupidity on the part of these liberal journals that they don't understand this thing. And also, it's this very aggressive type of ignorance. I talked about this on the uh, latest uh, Going Free stream on No White Guilds channel, that uh, uh, it's not that they are just like ignoring uh, things that go against their worldview, but it's that they are like aggressively fighting those things and trying not to notice them. Like uh, how they are the only ones on the planet who think that the statue burning or statue destroying thing has anything to do with fight for equality. Like the black people doing it, they, they don't think it's about equality. They often are very open about it, that it's uh, just about getting back at Whitey. And the Antifa types, they definitely don't believe it's about equality. And these liberal journals are, seem to be the only people who actually believe that this has something to do with equality. And when you point out to them that, okay, did you notice that they also like uh, destroy statues of even like abolitionists or white people who had absolutely nothing to do with any sort of slavery or oppression? Uh, they, they simply refuse to even comment on that information, that they are actively fighting against noticing things that would go against their worldview and force them to admit that they are actually witnessing warfare against whites and not warfare for equality. Yeah, that respect, it uh, 
could be uh, compared to Muslims and uh, Christians that uh, Muslims might respect, although they hate Christians, they might respect Christians, but atheists they 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 hate and they disrespect. So it's the same uh, attitude that you described could could be compared to to that. Uh, there's. Um, Anu Saukko sent a diamond. Uh, she says, uh, five young cannibals. Yeah. Isn't that a band or something? Uh, Sally Canuck sent a ninja kidney. She says, keep talking about these things. They need to be said. Uh, yeah, of course. Uh, yeah, thanks thank for the, the uh, diamond. The uh, ninja kidney. Uh, White Rabbit Radio is hosting with nine viewers. We, we will be on Saturday on White Rabbit Radio show. It's, I think, 5.30 Eastern. So that's uh, 12.30 Finnish time. Um, so uh, here is a picture from the uh, federal agents. They have uh, confiscated gasoline, hockey sticks, defense shields, leaf blowers, paint sprayers, paint cans with paint and a jar prepped for Molotov cocktail confiscated. Uh, okay, so these are here are pictures and even with this evidence and all the videos our journalists they say it's a peaceful protest and mostly peaceful and uh, it's the police causing the violence okay so the okay the double standard if we just walk somewhere it's a it's a crime against humanity but these people blinding permanently officers with lasers is peaceful protesting and uh, yeah i don't know I, i've talked about these uh, protesters i uh, i understand that uh, trump's reaction to this is uh, has been weak uh, but uh, you have to see also the the thing that if you have such a big portion of uh, the population that is rioting it doesn't really make sense to jail all of them because i don't know how many people in portland are okay with protesting but if half of the city is protesting why would we jail half of the population if if the population is feeling that protesting is okay or rioting is okay so maybe we need separation and segregation and these rioters they can create their own state somewhere they take the migrants they take the minorities they defund the police there and they they build their own chas and they deal with it there and they leave us alone that would be probably the, the final solution to this uh, to this problem because jailing half of the city it's uh, well, it's feasible, and uh, why not? But uh, uh, it's uh, it costs a lot of money, and uh, when they get out out of jail, they they will go on rioting. So it's a uh, separation is uh, is what is going to happen at some point. And to uh, go into our like main topic of uh, the uh, today which is like the nationalist activist scene in finland and our experiences from it uh, how it has changed and uh, where we think it should go uh, 
to begin with, I think it's uh, practical if I explain like the main branches of the nationalist scene in Finland. So, uh, like the parliamentary wing means ma- mainly uh, the Finns party or the true Finns party, uh, who are uh, sort of like Sweden Democrats. So they are. Uh, against immigration and uh, but uh, they are not uh, over, at least overtly ethno-nationalists even though uh, some in the group have that sort of uh, ideology and they are well what you would expect from the parliamentary type of nationalists uh, they unfortunately they have a lot of this boomer cringe going on uh, that i think uh, is uh, often a problem in uh, the nationalist scene in finland uh, but uh, they have a lot of good people there too and uh, then you have these um, you could say it's like the republic republicans that uh, yeah are. sort of similar but i would say i would say that the the finns party is more overtly nationalist and uh, uh, then you have uh, like the intellectual types who are the ones uh, writing blogs, they are authors and um, uh, that sort of types that you also have in other countries. And then you have uh, the like the ground level activist types uh, who organize demonstrations and things like that. And um, uh, then you have live streamers and we have a lot of them in the Finnish nationalist scene uh, because um, I'm not sure what I- what is the root cause for it, but uh, uh, as you foreigners who have seen our Finnish live streams might have noticed, the viewer count for fi- <laughs> uh, nationalist live streams in Finnish is surprisingly high, especially considering that we are only a country of uh, five and a half million people, so there aren't that many people speaking our language, but still Finnish nationalist live streams tend to get more viewers than American ones. <laughs> that uh, are made in language that a billion people on the planet speak. Yeah, you could compare it to yesterday uh, when we went on uh, Monday Night Shitpost. I, I noticed that on YouTube there was Vaus uh, streaming and uh, he had 6,000 viewers on YouTube. But if we get 1,500 in Finnish, it's... it's uh, it's much it's much more than both actually yeah so uh, in finnish nationalist scene these live streams are a big thing and i think it one thing uh, that has to do with it is that um, uh, because online connections are cheap in finland uh, especially in comparison to like germany or usa uh, it's easy for people to set up their own live streaming channels all you need to have is like a decent phone that you can live stream with and you can all you need to do is to go to some demonstration and start your live stream and there aren't huge expenses for it and the second thing is that because in finland we don't really have a mainstream conservative media that several other countries have that most countries have some sort of uh, nationalist leaning media that is a part of the mainstream media but in Finland we don't really have that because anything remotely conservative leaning or nationalist leaning is immediately branded fake news by the mainstream media here 
So the only way people can get that sort of content is if they go to independent content creators like us, because there is no national, there are no nationalist voices in the mainstream media in Finland. So I think that's also a big thing feeding the nationalist live streaming culture. And, and of course, then you have the different sort of radical groups or even more radical than others, like the Nordic resistance movement, uh, which has operated in Finland, what is it, maybe 10-15 years? Is it 20? Yeah, maybe, I, I'm not sure. They were so radical, they were banned yeah. from Finland. <laughs> so their organization, I think, is the first nationalist organization uh, in a long time to be actually banned by uh, Finnish law enforcement and courts. and. Uh, since then, uh, a lot of these activists in Nordic resistance movement have moved on to uh, new projects. And now, of course, the law is enforcement is then hunting those new projects and uh, trying to get them banned. So uh, the police and the courts, they cut themselves into this uh, never ending work that uh, the Natsox can just uh, keep uh, starting new organizations and there's nothing these guys can do to stop them and they will have to hunt these organizations for the rest of their lives. And the only thing this has, this banning business has done uh, to uh, like the National Socialists is that it has increased their uh, memberships, that it has brought them so much publicity that uh, for example, their demonstrations are bigger than they have ever been before. So they haven't really uh, been successful in banning this sort of organization. And then you uh, have the nationalist uh, like street patrols and you don't have as many of those as uh, maybe in 2015 and 2016. Uh, but for example, Soldiers of Odin, I think, is the most famous one of them, and it also has uh, branches in many other countries. Yeah, actually, it was mentioned. So what says? I like the Odin songs. Uh, it's Soldiers of Odin. It's um, it's an organization that was founded uh, 60 miles from from here. Actually, uh, the guy he's a truck driver. He's uh, super based. We have talked to him many times we have uh, one once they were in court uh, because uh, some migrants claimed that they had beaten them because uh, racism but uh, the migrants lost the case and uh, we we went to that uh, court hearing and it was very funny to to see the, the what happened is that there were migrants harassing girls and the soldiers of odin they intervened and the migrants said, oh, this racist. Uh, but in court, the soldiers of Odin won two years ago, I think. Uh, the soldiers of Odin will be in court again in October. We will uh, be there and uh, check. Uh, the, there's, some, there's a pedophile migrant that uh, is whining in court because uh, soldiers of Odin, they, they shared a new story which included a Facebook uh, screenshot with this migrant kissing a 10 year old and uh, it looked you know these very weird pictures that they they do so that's uh, defamation the the pedophile migrant was defamed so he wants money from the soldiers of odin 
And uh, as Tina mentioned, the Nordic resistance movement, they have been banned and their logos have been banned. And it, it was very funny two years ago in Helsinki when they were marching. Uh, it was just a couple months after they their logo was banned. So their logo is a uh, is a it's like a rune, a Scandinavian rune. It's a uh, it's an arrow upwards arrow, and uh, so the court banned that logo. A, a, an arrow is illegal in Finland. So what they did is to buy actual Nazi swastika flags, the the official flag from 1939 or something. And they had that and they marched in Helsinki with those swastika flags. It was epic. Uh, I knew that it would trigger the leaps and actually uh, it did and the police confiscated even those flags but those flags are not banned in Finland so it's it will be an interesting case they claim it's incitement uh, incitement against a protected protected group but probably they will lose in court for that but uh, but what does it incite nothing you just walk there you have a yeah, peacefully you don't assault people you don't burn anything you are just walking but and i remember i i was very close to the to the event we had uh, 4500 view, viewers back then and i was at maybe three feet from the uh, fight or the police attacked these peaceful protesters and uh, they confiscated the flags and they took them to jail and they uh, filed a criminal report. It's illegal to walk with a certain flag in Finland. I wouldn't walk with that flag in Finland, but uh, I don't see why why other people uh, would not be allowed. And there's White Rabbit Radio who sent a diamond and he says 5 p.m. Eastern on Saturdays. Tuesdays are 5.30. Okay, so we will be at 5 on Saturday on White Rabbit Radio. And he says, I look forward to talking with you guys this uh, Saturday. Yeah, it, uh, I, I think it will be a great uh, discussion. Slag Center Diamonds says, also looking forward to the weekend. And Nurem Center Diamond without a message. There's uh, Jay Fox gifting uh, five one month subs. Thanks a lot. Subs yeah, are, are helping us a lot. We have uh, 170 or something like that so we are over the 150 we are trying to apply as global partners on uh, d live and we've we are okay with that but we need to stream a couple of more days to this month and uh, i think it's on a thursday or friday we'll be able to apply for global partner on d live i don't know if we'll get it but uh, it would yeah be cool. i understand that d live really doesn't like to give those to political channels but it's worth a try yeah let's try and uh, it's okay maybe tomorrow i will stream a gta 5 uh, gaming stream so they will say okay this guy is a gamer we can give him the global partner uh, status White Rabbit Radio is also verified, and Kiz Karasin is also verified. D Live is uh, it's an, 
it's good to have this platform. Of course, when BitChute starts uh, live streaming, I think it will be even better. And the other platforms, because we were banned from YouTube, I don't know, one year ago or something. And it was con working on YouTube. It was very painful because you you were always stressed that okay, if I if I wake up in the morning and I read my emails, there will be this YouTube. You have been banned, and it's a very it's not it's a it's it should be illegal for YouTube to ban people without any reason because some people they it's a full time uh, job for them. Uh, to stream so if the platforms are not letting people speak it's uh it's uh it's not nice i would say <clears throat> yeah but we are getting a bit sidetracked here yeah so, okay so. so as i said 2008 i became a, an anti-immigration activist and 2008 till 2015 it was mostly the blog era so lots of uh People that uh, fought against this multiculturalism uh, bullshit, they, they wrote lots of blogs and they, they, they had some interesting uh, points of view and uh, they criticized well. So it, it brought lots of people on our side because people saw that every day in the mainstream media they say diversity is our strength. But when I read these uh, blogs from the the racists uh, they make a lot of sense so that was the blog era as i like to call it and uh, then in 2015 the live streaming era started and uh, it started with the protests it started with uh, covering different uh, discussion uh, discussions that were organized by the the official people uh, the, the government officials and and so so on so uh, in 2015 probably everyone knows uh, merkel said that uh, you can enter this uh, continent so uh, one and a half million syrians and other doctors and engineers entered europe and uh, some of them went to Sweden and from Sweden 32,000 entered Finland so Finland started to build reception centers the Red Cross uh, the immigration office the Finnish police the Finnish church they organized uh, these uh, discussions that uh, okay we opened a, an asylum center two weeks ago with uh, 300 migrants uh, we wanted to inform you that uh, this is uh, we have to do this and uh, these people are good people they have walked uh, they have walked through the sahara they have uh, swam across the mediterranean and now they are these huddled masses are uh, they they need our assistance because uh, in uh, during the world war uh, finns escaped to sweden and uh, we had karelia and we had uh, and uh, also we need workforce because uh, Finns are racists and they don't they don't work and uh, our economy will collapse if we don't take these people so in these discussions i uh, i went there with my uh, actually my chromebook and uh, 
with Google Hangouts, I was able to stream onto YouTube. And already back then, we got lots of uh, viewers. I remember a, uh, a, uh, a discussion where we had 2,400 uh, viewers. And the, the officials said, shut the fuck up, shut the fuck up. I said, why? This is a discussion. We have the right to, to our opinions. But they said, shut the fuck up. And everybody on our side started to, to like us because uh, they, they couldn't understand this. Everybody, in, every citizen here in this city, for example, they were complaining that, uh, okay, these migrants, they have entered my garden. They have been stealing my apples. Uh, I know a disabled person that they uh, they were torturing. I, they, are, they are touching uh, women. They are raping them. They are, this is not okay. But the officials on the other side they said, uh, "No, that's not true. You're fake news. Uh, you're." It was insane to to see the reaction of the church. The pol I don't give a fuck about the church, but for some reason it's an institution. It's a respected institution in this country. So the church, the police, the the, the immigration office, the fucking Red Cross. They were all saying that, no, you don't understand, you're a racist, you must educate yourself. Uh, these people are poor refugees. Okay, they have, uh, they have iPhone, uh, iPhones that are more expensive than, than your house, but you are the racist. Uh, just let them breathe. They, they, they have escaped uh, war. They are Syrians. They are, they are Syrian girls and women. Okay, they look like 30-year-old uh, Iraqis, but and Somalis, but they are Syrians. Actually, when we check these statistics, 2.7% uh, or 2.9% were uh, from Syria, actually, and 83% uh, were male, and everybody could see that, but uh, for some reason, they still to this day, they claim that they are uh, women and uh, children from Syria, but uh, no, they are not. And so, in 2015 and 2016, uh, there were a lot of demonstrations on both sides. So nationalists had big demonstrations at the Swedish border where the, most of the migrants came from. And uh, uh, it wasn't that simply that they just walked uh, across Sweden to the Finnish border. The Swedes were actually like busing them to the border. They were uh, giving them free train tickets and uh, riding them on buses to the Finnish border so that Finland would have to take them. So they didn't have the guts to protect their own border and keep these people out. So instead of doing that, because it uh, demands some sort of courage to do that, they kept letting these people in and shoving them on the Finns. And, uh, so nationalists had some big demonstrations there at the Swedish border and uh, also the uh, refugees welcome crowd had their own demonstrations. They had one big one that was like a concert that they called We Have a Dream. And a lot of these slogans that they used back then have since became like jokes that people use them to fuck with the uh, refugees welcome types because nobody can really say them with straight face anymore. And it's uh, interesting to see how the 
attitudes of people have changed that uh, in 2015 it was uh, completely mainstream for people to want to help refugees and you had all of these the concerts that they had but then it died down very quickly that you can clearly tell that the refugees welcome movement peaked in 2015 and it has been in a downward spiral ever since and uh, now they only have like the most uh, fanatic activists left in their own scene and the opinion of the like the majority public has turned against them way long time ago uh, and uh, i think uh, it was especially when the crime started happening that was committed by the migrants that the opinion started to shift against them and uh, uh, of course, the terrorist attack in Turku was a big thing in that also, that people started questioning that, okay, we have this guy who came as an asylum seeker from Morocco, like a beach vacation destination. People have beach vacations in like Casablanca in Morocco, and this guy comes from there as an asylum seeker, and then he starts stabbing random Finnish people. So what the, what the hell are we doing? So understandably, it raised some questions, and uh, you can tell that the uh, refugees welcome movement has clearly lost its momentum years years ago. That they can't really get that sort of mass support anymore. But at the same time, they have also become more fanatic because the only ones that are left in their movement are the most fanatic ones. Everybody who has like an ounce of common sense in them has already left the movement, so they only have like the absolute nutjobs there anymore. Yeah, for example, uh, about this uh, this murder that happened, uh, they, they posted it in their Facebook group and they asked, uh, should we talk about this? And they said, no. And there are some two guys saying that, uh, why not? This is racism. Black people killed Finns, uh, so this is racism. And they said, no, you will be blocked. Uh, you have to leave. Have you not heard about reverse racism and blah, blah, blah. There's uh, Real Poseidon uh, hosting us. Thanks. Uh, yeah, thank you. Yesterday they flew 16 doctors and engineers from Cyprus. And they are also flying them from the Moria camp in Greece. So Real Poseidon, we we want explanations. Why, why, why are you letting them uh, fly them into our country? It's not... It's not okay. Uh, there's Jaffa's TV in the chat. Uh, he has an interesting D-Live channel. He aggregates everything that is live in his About section. It's an interesting project, so it works like a TV schedule. Be sure to follow him. Uh, yeah, so this Moroccan uh, migrant or refugee or whatever, uh, he entered the country, I think it was 2015, and he committed an ISIS terrorist attack in 2017 uh, on August the 18th. So for two years he was allowed to just loiter in here with taxpayer money, even though it was so obvious that he he has no real asylum claim. Yeah, and when, uh, when this happened, we actually covered it the same day, this, uh, this ISIS attack. And uh, then there have been demonstrations, and this year will be the third time that uh, people will be marching in uh, in the city where this uh, thing happened. 
it will be there so you can also watch uh, how it goes and it was interesting that the guy uh, he had a fake name and a fake uh, date of birth but when this crime was committed the police started to investigate and uh, it was it took one or two weeks max max two weeks to find his real identity so it's uh, this asylum system with their fake names their fake date or dates of births dates of birth uh, it's uh, it's a scam because if they commit a crime then it takes two less than two weeks to to check their id the finnish police contacted the moroccan uh, authorities and they got his real passport and his real uh, identity so why is this a guy walks into the country without any papers he says my name is blah blah i was born on january the first and it's accepted but if he commits a crime then they will they will uh, search for his real identity so this asylum system it's uh, it's it's a fraud it's a uh, it's for um, it's a web it's a tool used to uh, exchange populations they let completely random people enter the country without any reason they these people cause uh, trouble to the native population it's not okay but still you have you still have people that don't understand this and this is a very uh, very depressing i think and uh, frustrating to 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 have to repeat these same uh, things and still mm. even on our side there's people saying that yeah but if they are good migrants we we should let them in but why if they are good migrants they will have their passport and they can get a tourist visa and they can uh, spend 90 days in finland and then uh, go back but uh, this asylum system it has to be abolished completely we have to cancel it we have to uh, uh, re re stop uh, following these uh, geneva conventions and uh, whatever we need to stop this but and in there in the comment section uh, postcomestary mentions uh, a man named hassan Soubier. and that is also an interesting twist to the terrorist attack story because uh, after the uh, stabbing attack attack had happened uh, the media started uh, writing these stories about a heroic uh, man who had helped the victims of the terrorist attack and this man was named Hassan Subir and they said that this man was grievously wounded in the attack defending the victims and you could clearly tell that uh, it was a cope from the media that they did whatever they could to play up the heroism of this guy so that they could sort of counter the anti-immigration narrative with it that okay yes one migrant might have a sort of stabbed people but we had this other migrant who helped people <laughs> and then uh, they of course their story went sour they always do whenever the media finds some sort of uh, pet migrant that they start advertising as a model migrant you know there is a crash and burn coming that it's only a matter of time when that migrant turns out to be a rapist or uh, maybe a welfare scammer or something and this guy he was a scam artist uh, 
and uh, he it turned out that he had uh, filed like uh, false uh, damages claims to the court he lied about being a nurse when he really wasn't he's a briton according to guardian <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he claimed that he was a nurse and that he worked in some sort of uh, hospital was it in sweden and he had actually worked in a Swedish hospital, but it wasn't as a nurse, but he was a janitor of some kind. And he was fired for, from his job because he set a fire to the hospital. So he had some this some sort of idea that he wanted to be a hero. So even in his previous workplace, he had intentionally set a fire to one of the hospital wards and then pretended to help the people out of that fire that he had lit. So he was a scam artist of the worst type and he later has been convicted of several frauds uh, that are related to this terrorist attack. But it was funny to see yet another crash and burn by a media pet migrant. Yeah, and since we we have a uh, we commemorate this uh, this attack every year. Of course, the Antifa, they have their counter protest called Turku without Nazis. And two years ago, they they had this guy as a uh, what, keynote speaker. And he was with his wheelchair and this idiot, he he has videos on Facebook where, where, where he's dancing on the, the Finland Sweden ferry. So he's not uh, disabled. He he has this uh, habit of uh, he has a mental uh, problem that he there's an uh, there's a condition for this that uh, the guy causes trouble and then he he wants to be seen as the hero that saves the day and he yeah has, it's like some sort of a Munchausen yeah he he burns he he starts fires and then he. He says, okay, I, I, I rescued these people because of the fire that I started. And here it's the same uh, same uh, shit. But the live, live streaming era, I, I could return to the 2015-2016 yeah. uh, era. We streamed the, the Red Cross and Immigration Office uh, discussions. And we, at the same time that uh, these uh, Red Cross happenings were here in our town. Um, my friend that lives that lived at the Finnish Swedish border, he said we have to to go to Sweden and, and check uh, check what's going on because uh, there's one thousand people walking every day from Sweden to Finland. That was in 2015. So in uh, August 2015, we went to the border. We checked. The situation we monitored the situation and we saw that there was tons of bus coming the, the swedish bus station was full of migrants there were red cross people um, organizing this and they were helping these migrants to to invade finland and uh, then in september we organized a uh, a demonstration at the border we had uh, 300 people blocking the border and uh, we had the, the red the fire truck with uh, the sound system and that's when people asked me do you want to to have a speech here and i said yeah i don't know maybe and 
then I, I, ha I it was my first public speech, and that's when uh, when the the protests started in Finland. The first one was at the border, then we had another on uh, in October, and there's actually a video I could play from that. Uh, it's Tornio Helmars, and uh, I'll, uh, it's a bit over two minutes I could play mm. this. And, um, so it's uh, 2015. find this video uh, on YouTube with the words Tornio Helmarts. Tornio is the city at the uh, border. It's a very small town and at that protest we had 700 people. We counted them. And it's a very great achievement to, to get that amount of people. That was in 2015. And it was the first time uh, they, they brought the riot police, as you could see, the militarization of the police uh, that the left is always whining about. And it, it was completely useful. There was a counter-protest in 
on that day. They, they had 30, 30 Antifa stupid. And there was a church guy also, Kai Sadima, very retarded uh, guy. And uh, no violence, nothing. We just marched there. That video was uh, filmed from the from the, the fire truck that we had uh, uh, received. And uh, it was a very successful thing because, uh, yeah, it's a city very far away. The, it's not easy to get there. And uh, people, it showed that people didn't want this. It was a success for us, but of course nothing really changed. Uh, so is it a success or not? We can take it as a win to, to gather so much, so many people on the same day at that very remote location, but it's, uh, it didn't change anything. It didn't, the migrants still entered the, the country. And uh, so this was October 2015, and that started a wave of protests in Finland. Um, I, uh, I had a picture I had written every pro. I, I was. People asked me to to go on their uh, protests uh, everywhere in Finland. I, I had a tour book. Uh, Close the borders, 2015, 2016, the, the tour, and it was a a very uh, long uh, list of uh, cities that I I had to go to, and it was uh, it was good times. I had to travel with the bus. It was, uh, it was, uh, yeah, it was, those were the good times. We had protests and uh, some were successful, but most of them were successful. And, uh, but that, that also rose the, the Antifa side a bit because we started to see more and more of the Antifa people disturbing, disrupting the, the protests. And both of these uh, sort of uh, phenomena in activism, uh, the demonstrations and uh, the live streaming include a sort of uh, uh, variety of colorful characters. And so, of course, when you have uh, these sort of uh, street level you know, grassroots movements uh, that uh, uh, they always end up attracting a lot of different types of people that you have no means there, but you also have those people who uh, want to imagine themselves as some sort of major political leaders and they want to find found their own organization just for, just for that to happen. And you also, of course, end up having sort of the people from the margins of society who don't really have anything to lose and that's why they... Uh, they have a low threshold to join any radical movements, and that's of that of course happens very widely on the far left too. That they <clears throat> get a lot of the sort of the uh, scum of the society who don't really have much better things to do, and they have nothing to lose by using their days in like squatting houses or uh, doing some like banner crafting every day. So. That's one of the reasons that, um, or the major reason for uh, the personalities in the nationalist uh, demonstration and live streaming scene being a bit colorful, that you have uh, 
uh, or had uh, some of them aren't in it anymore. Uh, a lot of these uh, people who are very like professional and thoughtful and who have uh, intelligent things to say. And then you also, of course, end up having some of the people who maybe are a bit embarrassing <laughs> for, for many others. And not very uh, optical uh, people. Yeah, like the sort of people that uh, you maybe wouldn't want to put them as figureheads of your movement because nobody looks at them and goes like, oh my God, I want to be just like that guy. Uh, because they aren't like the epitomes of uh, normalcy and uh, success. <laughs> but, but of course, <clears throat> I'm not... Uh... I'm, I'm definitely not the one to say that we shouldn't have that sort of people in the moment because uh, of course when you think about any rising political movements they have always had like uh, different types of people in it like uh, let's uh, take the rise of national socialists in Germany like it wasn't uh, that they had a group that comprised 100% of uh, in like uh, the uh, <clears throat> intellectuals like Goebbels or people like that uh, who made speeches but they had a lot of these sort of low IQ people too who worked as their sort of uh, uh, their hooligans to fight against the Antifa and it was a winning strategy to have those different sorts of people to do different sorts of things so I don't I'm not against uh, having these people in in the nationalist movement, but I am. What I am against is uh, uh, giving too much space, space, or especially leadership to these people, because uh, this was a problem. I think even more in the like the American, like the alt right scene that uh, whoever happened in like in 2016 that whoever happened to show up and uh, say like a white nationalist opinions ended up being a sort of a figurehead of the movement and the figureheads weren't really chosen by the public in the movement like they they weren't like people who were popular they were just the most attention-seeking personalities who fought their way to the top that okay because I love the limelight I am going to give all possible interviews in the name of our movements and nobody really uh, stood up to uh, against that so I think that's one of the problems that uh, we can have the sort of misfits the quirky weird types but uh, we definitely should keep them in check so that they won't end up ruining uh, what everybody else is doing. Yeah, in the chat, uh, Marco is asking, why not advocate 1st of September happening? Um, yeah, on uh, September the 1st, there is a demonstration in Helsinki uh, in front of the parliament. It's against the European Union. Uh, we might go there, but uh, I... I don't know. In uh, August, we have August the 8th is a uh, discussion panel that uh, I will be speaking at. And August the 16th is the uh, ISIS attack march. And maybe we could go to Helsinki on September the 1st. I, I don't really yet know uh, the context being that 
uh, our government decided to give billions and billions and billions of uh, euros to Brussels and uh, French and Italian and Belgian banks. And uh, some people want to protest against that. Of course, protesting uh, is mostly gay, but uh, sometimes uh, if, if you get enough people, it looks good. But uh, usually, usually it's, uh, it's not, uh, if you don't get, and even if you get lots of people, what, what happens? Nothing. You, you need to, 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 to replace the politicians. They want to replace the population, but what we want to do is to replace the politicians. To we want to be like Poland or Hungary or those those same countries that uh, are good. If if their population is shrinking, they help the local population. They give money to to get more kids. They are against uh, LGBT. They are against. Uh, so those countries, they, they look very good on uh, anything they say, anything Viktor Orban says or anything the Polish say, it looks super cool and it's, uh, it's embarrassing to see that in this country we are going wrong, uh, have been going wrong for decades. And that's what we need to, to, to change. And of course, there is this uh, big sort of division between uh, uh, two types of nationalists in Finland that you also see in America. Uh, that uh, is the division between like the radical youth movements, like uh, the ethno-nationalists, against the more of the boomer-con type, uh, the like the establishment conservatives. And you see that same thing also happening in America that you have like uh, Nick Fuentes with his America First uh, against uh, Charlie Kirk and uh, his uh, Turning Point USA that represent completely different worldviews. But I think it would be a bit false to say that it's uh, a battle of two different ideologies because I think it's more of a change of generation that you have this older generation of uh, nationalist thinking that uh, comes from a time when it was still somehow possible to believe in the uh, ideas of, well, we are not against uh, legal immigration and we want the good types of immigrants. And if when you had a smaller portion of the pop demographic be uh, aliens, then of course it was easier to believe in that sort of stuff. But now that you have young people who have been raised in this multicultural environment and they know that all that is bullshit, that you are never going to get that to work, you are not going to get them behind those boomer con ideas of legal immigration and all that because those young people know that it's not going to work. They, they have seen it and lived it every day. So I think this is... Um, a matter of um, uh, generation differences that you have the younger uh, generation who maybe are more grounded when it comes to these ideas about immigration and thus also much more radical. And then you have the boomers who are sort of trying to cling on to their ideas and uh, they of course don't want to give up the power that they have so that's why they are usually also fighting the young nationalists and not just the liberals 
And <clears throat> I think uh, I was just talking about it on our Finnish live stream today that we 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 really need we really need to get rid of the boomers because they are such an embarrassment. Like the boomer nationalists in Finland, they are so cringeworthy on all levels. Like imagine like this group of uh, like. Uh, fat 60-year-old uh, men who all have a wife that they bought from Thailand of the Philippines and, no, that they and who cannot even spell their own name and uh, who keep getting into like drunken misbehavior and who who cannot speak to women in a normal way and treat women in a normal way so that's the sort of boomer nationalist stereotype in Finland and I that's something I really would want to see removed that that uh, this idea of uh, nationalists wouldn't be that anymore that when people hear the word word nationalist or somebody who is against immigration that the idea that comes to their mind wouldn't be that uh, fat drunken boomer man with a Thai wife uh, under his arm, uh, but instead this uh, like this thinking, uh, neat, uh, well-behaving, uh, smart young radical. Yeah, but by having a Thai wife, you can own the lips. You can say, <laughs> "Hey, look, I, I'm not racist." And they are really enthusiastic about this Thai wife business. Like I have noticed that whenever some of the younger generation, like the ethno-nationalists. Uh, laugh at the thigh wife uh, obsession and uh, uh, say that hey isn't it a bit contradictory that uh, uh, you say that you are against this demographic exchange but you keep <laughs> you keep bringing in people uh, from developing countries into these countries just because you cannot get pussy from local women and they always get really angry and triggered this boomer <laughs> boom nationalism when you point out the, their hypocrisy uh, about uh, about uh, that uh, that sort of stuff and yes i i definitely that's the one group in the nationalist scene in finland that i would want to see removed because they are such an embarrassment for all of us and they are ruining the reputation of all of us so whenever nationalists are trying to do any sort of activism in Finland, the first thing they need to do is to sort of try to fight against those negative ideas that have been created by the boomer types. So the first thing they need to do is to try to convince people that, hey, I am not like them. I am not going to get drunk and grope your wife. And uh, I'm a normal person. I'm a smart person. I, I actually have real political opinions instead of just saying that I hate Muslims. And <laughs> so... I think they, that, that group has done way more damage to the reputation of nationalists than is actually admitted. Yeah, but of course uh, behind this is uh, maybe the problem that most Finnish women are feminists and uh, they have blue hair and they are, that's the reason uh, they, they, uh, they go to Thailand and uh, get those wives. Uh, there's... Uh, Feisty Phil says, why not just remove the borders, just let everyone in? Well, uh, they have been already removed. There are no borders and everyone is let in. And if someone gets in, they will not be deported. So it's already 
what Antifa wants, no borders, no nations, uh, it's already, it's, uh, it's what's happening. So that's what we are against. Uh, from the 2015-2016 era, yeah, it was uh, close the borders protests everywhere in Finland. 2017, we had the uh, local elections and we won the elections, so now we are in the city council. Then there were some minor things that happened in 2017. 2018 was... 2019 was uh, boring and uh, 2020 we had the coronavirus and, uh, and uh, they, they didn't do anything and now they want to, to make masks uh, mandatory. But now it's too late because uh, it, the masks would have made sense back in February and March and maybe April, but now it's uh, it's a bit useless. Uh, all the the people that could die from Corona, they they're already dead, and the guys that uh, still get it, they don't they don't have uh, any symptoms. So uh, maybe there won't be any. Uh, second wave and uh, so on but yeah that's that's about uh, i think the the history of <laughs> nationalism in finland uh, that uh, there, are, there are other things but uh, maybe this is the the good summer a good summary of of those uh, events or is there some something that i i forgot to mention uh, well what is it that we have been doing like uh, city council demonstrations, uh, the seminars, that of course maybe you could talk about a little uh, traveling with that. Yeah, also yeah, in 2016 we started these regular uh, discussion, these streams where we discuss the news and we've been doing this for four years. It's it's Nowadays we don't really write any blogs, it's much more just talking, talking, because videos work much better than, than uh, writing blogs. Unless you are already known, so people understand when you write something, they understand what you actually mean, because they already know you from videos. The seminars and conferences, yeah, uh, yeah I think it was 2017 when we first went to the uh, to the Erkenbrand conference it's in the Netherlands and uh, there we met Jared Taylor and uh, Millennial Woes and uh, other speakers and that's when uh, Tuukka when we came back uh, a friend started organizing similar conferences here the Awakening conference so we have uh, had those international speakers also here and of course you can uh, talk to anybody on a live stream but having people come to your country uh, make a successful event have 200 300 uh, uh, guests it's quite epic because uh, okay we can book anybody on uh, on Google Hangouts and uh, okay, let's have a talk. But having these events, it is, it is very, very hard to make. Uh, this year, the April conference was postponed, and uh, uh, 
it should happen in October. So we'll have a uh, an interesting conference then. Uh, we went to Sweden to the Identitarian Ideas uh, in Stockholm. Uh, we met uh, lots of we, we met Red Eyes, uh, Lana and uh, Henrik there. They, we met uh, Patrick Casey in Helsinki. Uh, so we met lots of uh, people. Patrick Casey has a D Life channel. Uh, be sure to follow him. He has interesting stuff also there. And uh, other conferences. Uh, well, we we have been to the Baltic states uh, many times. The Ethnofutur conference in Estonia, super cool to go there, because in those Baltic states you have no opposition. There is no antifa. You can park your car. You can. Uh, you know. You can. You can publish the address of the venue on Facebook in the fucking official tourist guide of Tallinn. Yeah, we have a conference. Uh, the, the ticket is uh, five euros. Uh, you are welcome. Yeah, and they have like parliament members and ministers speaking in ethno-nationalist seminars yeah. there. So that's definitely something I'd love to see in Finland because I know that there are some people supportive of our cause in the Finns party, but unfortunately a lot of them are so scared about their career in the party that they would never dare come to speak at our conference because they would get in trouble with the party. Yeah, and this year we went to Latvia and Lithuania. And in Lithuania we Tina actually was speaking there and she had a very excellent speech there. It was even more based than Estonia and it was cheaper and cooler and very, very funny to be there. And uh, we were there with Frodi Midjord. And then we I actually gave the, my car keys to Frodi Midjord and he drove us to Latvia, Riga. Uh, there we hadn't uh, had no conferences, but uh, we con we spent a few days there, and we went to Tallinn. And uh, in Tallinn, the con in the conference, there were lots of excellent speakers. There was, uh, yeah, the the financial minister of Estonia in, as a speaker. There were lots of good guys. There was a Hungarian mayor that uh, explained how he dealt with the migrant crisis in 2015. Uh, he put an electric fence and he hired some uh, very muscled guys. And after that conference, it was in February, we drove to our hometown. And in the city council, I said, uh, maybe I met this Hungarian guy and uh, we he dealt with this situation by uh, putting an electric fence. Now Viktor Orban has given the funds to double the electric fence and they have this far-right death squads and I said why not have the same thing here and the police uh, they didn't like this and they made a police report I spent eight hours in interrogations in May and uh, it's uh, I don't care about that but I, uh, they censored my speech in the city council the live stream that I hate. I don't care about the police and the trials and the the fines, but I hate when I get censored. Um, so networking and seeing people, it's uh, its beneficial for everybody because you can YouTube or other platforms you can see and you can hear and you can uh, 
you can be in the live se comment section and so on, but when you actually meet people, it it's it makes a even bigger difference. There's a Sally Canuck that sent a Ninja Guinea, and she says, or he, I think she says, this is exactly what needs to be said. I support you. Oh, Thanks thank a lot you for so the much. for the donation. Uh, there's um, Roar saying show feet. Yeah, I, I, I noticed this Roar guy. I, I remember he was on YouTube, I think, on the Happy Homeland streams. And uh, he's uh, now on DLive in many streams, always asking for feet pictures. I don't know, Google feet and uh, use those pictures. Why why should we show feet? It's, uh, it makes no sense. Uh, okay. Um, other stuff that is happening in Finland? <clears throat> well, uh, I could uh, talk about what uh, the changes that I have observed. Of course, I haven't been in the activist scene nearly as long time as Younes. So uh, I have been in here for from 2016, so much less time. But uh, even in that time, I have noticed that uh, uh, on the positive uh, side, uh, the uh, or the, or I could start with the negative first because it, then it's easier to explain that. Um, uh, of course, because in 2015 you had this big flood of migrants coming in all at the same time, it was very easy to get people to be active about it because it was such a major change in people's life that happened all of a sudden. So it was easy to get people to like come to demonstrations and uh, to oppose for example reception centers being opened in their hometowns uh, but since then the influx of migrants has again become sort of a norm so unless uh, another major wave like a major increase in asylum applications is happening i don't think we are going to see that sort of huge buzz around uh, anti-immigration activism uh, soon but on the positive side i think it's uh, great that we have seen a rise in this more serious and intellectual form of nationalist activism so it isn't just like random people staying close to borders but it's actual like thinking people with clear political goals and strategies who have this holistic view of society and who can offer actual solutions to not just the immigration problem but to other uh, problems in society as well so i think that's in a very good thing that this uh, uh, sort of lowbrow uh, anti-immigration activism is now making way for the more thinking kind. Yeah, it's uh, the the, the uh, ideology is spreading and it's a good thing. I mentioned that uh, next Saturday, not this Saturday, but the week after uh, we'll be in, uh, in Southern Finland at a conference and it's funny because I uh, I, uh, I was asked by these people and they said, will you be coming here and do you want to speak? And then I asked Tina and Tina says, okay, okay, we'll go there. And I say, okay, do you want to speak? And she says, no, you can speak. 
and, uh, because I haven't ha held a speech in public for uh, long uh, for a long time and the moment I, I replied to the DM on Twitter I said okay we'll be there I just bought uh, the tickets and uh, we'll be there and uh, I will be speaking and I don't know half an hour later they put this on Twitter the poster so uh, the date is August the 8th and the name of the conference is Our Fight. So in, in German this would be Unsea Kampf. Uh, uh, speeches about uh, life and uh, activism as a nationalist and uh, I'm, I'm here. There are four people, Terhi Kiemunki, she's uh, also a city council woman. Tuka Kuru is one of our uh, good friends that uh, streams every Wednesday with us in Finnish and he'll be on this show also one day and uh, he'll be talking about the Turner Diaries and uh, other stuff. I uh, We need to book him. Uh, and there's uh, Ari Järviö, he, uh, he asked me and there's a surprise uh, guest that will be also speaking. Of course this poster it has trigger, triggered a lot of leaps because uh, the date, August the 8th, it looks uh, suspicious to them. They are a lot into this numerology, like the ADL, like the 1350 and 1488 and uh, all the numbers. And there was like one woman who had like count, uh, done done this like numerological analysis on a chump tweet, and she had like counted the, the letters and words, and she managed to decipher some sort of a far right dog whistle out of a random chump tweet. Yeah, these uh, dog whistles. They they uh, they are. Uh, Nobody else can hear these dog whistles, but these people are whining about dog whistles. There's a pump who sent a diamond uh, without a message. Thanks a lot. Uh, but White Rabbit Radio says, wonder will this be streamed? Uh, yeah, um, this August the 8th, we'll, we will be there. Uh, I I don't really know the, the, the when it starts, but it should be... Probably it will be at uh, 2 p.m. because 2 p.m. it's like 1400 military hour. So 1400. I don't know if it's that. Uh, so that's. Uh, but does, it's. Uh, I think it's 7 a.m. Eastern. But I don't. We'll. We'll. Uh, we'll yeah, we will talk about that later on. And um, of course, uh, in uh, <clears throat> October, we have the Awakening Conference, and uh, uh, that uh, is, uh, I think, uh, a feeling for the out-of-line audience too, because it uh, the speeches are in English, I think. Uh, uh, we, we usually have one speech in Finnish uh, and the rest in English. Uh, so uh, here are our speakers this year. So we have uh, Tom Sunik, Mark Collette, Jason Koenig, so No White Guild, Edward Dutton, Johannes Scharf, uh, Henry Hautamäki from Finland and Laura Zaula. So this is in October and we will be of course live streaming the speeches from there. 
So I think this is something that might interest our audience. And if you want to come there uh, in person, this will be in southern Finland. So in a place where you can easily get to from the airport in the southern city, cities, uh, you can uh, send an email to awakeningfinland at protonmail.com and say that you would like to be there. And uh, it's useful if you have uh, some sort of uh, a recommendation that you know somebody who has been there or you know one of the organizers or the speakers and you can say okay that person can vouch for me and if if not if you don't know anyone from there uh, then just add a link to your like facebook page a twitter account or something so that the organizers can ver verify that you are an actual person and not just some uh, uh, left-winger trying to fish for the location of the seminar. So uh, awakeningfinland at protonmail.com and there you can ask for about the tickets. Yeah, and this is the third <clears throat> third awakening conference in Finland. Uh, in the first one we had a mainstream journalist that had booked his ticket incognito. He got drunk there. And no, he, he hadn't booked a ticket. He had tried to book a ticket, but he wasn't given one. Yeah, but he still came to the the event and uh, he made a fake news story about that and we laughed at him. He got drunk there and he he was he was trying to, to start a rant and a racist rant, but nobody nobody talked to him because he was he was too retarded and he's the mainstream media of course. Uh, the second one uh, it was last year, it was uh, very epic. We had uh, one transgender protester, counter-protester and a dog and uh, two other guys, but they were they were not let in. And uh, this year, probably even more epic. Uh, so uh, good speakers. And uh, so it's October 17th, we'll, you can watch it here, but you can also buy a ticket. I think it's 40 euros. It includes the a meal. And, uh, it's uh, it's worth uh, visiting. So uh, I think it's pretty much it for tonight. And yeah, we got one uh, message on uh, oh. on uh, Streamlabs. You can send uh, donations through Streamlabs. Uh, Yuri, uh, he says, for covering costs of hate speech production. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah, thanks. We 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 have created a company to produce hate speech and uh, it's uh, very funny because it's illegal but yeah we do it and, uh, we we are always breaking the law we respect the law but when when the law is not uh, reasonable it doesn't need to be followed and they can file police reports if they want we don't really care i uh, maybe i could i uh, we of course for, forgot to speak about the Independence Day uh, marches. Uh, I I could show shortly this uh, this footage. It's uh, from December twelfth, and um, so it's a big gathering in Helsinki, and there's uh, lots of people. As you can see, there there's a torch march, and. Uh, I don't know uh, what year this was. 
oh, there's uh, I need to click. So this is uh, Tuukka speaking, and the footage is uh, just the marchers, and it's subtitled in English. So I could I'll uh, I will not play the video. I'll just link. Uh, I'll, I'll give you the link so you can find it. It's a good speech. It's an 11 minute video on YouTube and. Uh, Tukkakuru is... The, the, Maybe we could end with the video. But it's 11 minutes. So? Ah, so I, I, I could... Like, uh, say, I'll play the video. As, as the I, outro. Okay, so it, it's 11 minutes. We will play the video after all. And uh, we'll end it here. You can uh, still watch. It's subtitled in uh, English. It's a good uh, way to learn Finnish also. So Tuukka is the main guy organizing the awakening, and uh, he's a cool guy. He will be a guest on uh, our show. And so, uh, what's uh, next? Uh, our next out of line show is on Friday at three Eastern, eight UK, nine Central European time, ten Finnish time. Uh, I don't know what we'll be talking about then. And on Saturday we are on White Rabbit Radio uh, at five. Eastern, that's midnight in Finland. So, uh, yeah, thanks for watching. Be sure to follow us here. You can donate even when we are offline through Entropy or Streamlabs or whatever means you want. And uh, yeah, we'll see on uh, on Friday. Yeah, bye. Bye. Tervehdys, armo suomalaiset. On hienoa nähdä, kuinka paljon isänmaallisia ihmisiä on saapunut tänään paikalle kaikista kiireistä ja velvollisuuksista huolimatta. Moni teistä on osallistunut jo aiempina vuosina tähän juhlatilaisuuteen, jonka lisäksi joukkoomme on saapunut paljon uusia osallistujia. Teille, jotka osallistutte ensimmäistä kertaa tähän kulkueeseen, voi luvata ainutlaatuisen kokemuksen, jota te ette tule myöhemmin unohtamaan. Voi myös vakuuttaa, että tulee näkemään monet teistä uusista osallistujista täällä myös seuraavana vuotena. Olette kaikki lämpimästi tervetulleita ja haluankin todeta heti alkuun, että näin hienolle joukolle puhuminen on minulle valtava kunnia. Kiitos, että olette kaikki täällä. Puheeni tulee käsittelemään sitkeyttä ja rohkeutta, jonka lisäksi minun tulisi kertoa teille itsenäisyyden merkityksestä. Mutta miten voisin puhua itsenäisyydestä, mikäli käsittelisin sitä vain abstraktina käsitteenä, jonain menneenä ja juhlallisuutena, tai ainoastaan kauniina sanana, jolle me emme kuitenkaan osaa antaa mitään konkreettista määritelmää. Jotta voisimme saada tarttumapintaa kyseiselle sanalle, meidän tulee ymmärtää kyseisen sanan todellinen merkitys. Hyvät suomalaiset, itsenäisyys on ensisijaisesti mielentila. Se on vahvojen, itsevarmojen ja riippumattomien yksilöiden mielentila, joka ajaa ihmiset toimimaan ihanteidensa ja arvojensa mukaisesti ulkoisesta painostuksesta huolimatta. Se tarkoittaa sitä tunnetta, joka saa ihmisen nousemaan ylös silloinkin, kun hän on kaikista heikoimmillaan, ja auttaa häntä kestämään vielä yhden vastoinkäymisen lisää. Henkisesti itsenäinen ihminen tietää oman asemansa, omat rajansa, kuin myös omat mahdollisuutensa. Itsenäinen ihminen uskaltaa rakastaa omia ihanteitaan, kuin myös puolustautua niitä tahoja vastaan, jotka toimillaan pyrkivät kyseisen ihanteen tuhoamaan. Tämänkaltaisen ihmiseen eivät tehoa uhkailu, pelottelu, leimaaminen tai muut ryhmäpaineen muodot, sillä kyseinen ihminen uskaltaa luottaa itsensä ja uskoa asiansa, minkä hän kokee oikeaksi. Vahva ja itsenäinen ihminen 
Ei kannata yhtäkään ihannetta tai arvoa vain siksi, koska joku toinen määrää häntä tekemään niin. Kyseinen ihminen on kuin puu, jonka pitkät ja lukuisat juuret tarttuvat ahnaasti kiinni omaa maaperäänsä ja pitävät hänet pystyssä pahimmankin myrskytuven edessä. Itsenäistä ihmistä syntyy itsenäinen kansakunta ja itsenäistä kansakunnasta muodostuu itsenäinen valtio. Nämä eri itsenäisyyden ulottuvuudet ovat kokonaisuuden kannalta välttämättömiä, jotta kansakunta kykenisi varmistamaan riippumattomuutensa ulkopuolisista voimista. Vajoamalla yksilötasolla apatiaan ja voimattomuuteen me lopulta hajotamme itsenäisen kansakunnan. Ja ilman itsenäisyyttään puolustavaa kansakuntaa meillä ei myöskään ole itsenäistä valtiota. Itsenäisyys onkin mahdollista vain silloin, kun me aktiivisesti tiedostamme sen arvon, ylläpidämme sitä ja tarvittaessa puolustaudumme sitä uhkaavia voimia vastaan. Näin toimivat myös ne meitä aiemmat sukupolvet, jotka joutuivat uhraamaan nuoruusvuotensa, terveytensä ja pahimmillaan henkensä, jotta heitä seuraavat sukupolvet voisivat edelleen päättää itse oman kansakuntansa suunnasta. Monet teistä kulkuaseen osallistuneista on joutunut piilottelemaan omaa isänmaallisuuttaan. Monia teitä on yritetty leimata, eristää tai vähätellä ainoastaan siksi, koska te rakastatte omaa synnyinmaatanne ja kannatte huolta sen epävarmasta tulevaisuudesta. Kysynkin teiltä suoraan, eikö se ole hieman outoa? Oletteko koskaan pysähtyneet miettimään sitä, miksi rakkautenne tätä maata kohtaan, huolenne sen tulevaisuudesta ja halunne puolustaa sen ainutlaatuista suomaista kansaa, on demonisoitu? Mitä väärää on siinä, että te haluatte puolustaa synnyinmaatanne, joka on tutkimusten mukaan maailman turvallisin valtio, jossa on maailman vähiten järjestäytynyttä rikollisuutta? Mitä väärää on siinä, että te haluatte puolustaa kansakuntaa, jonka sisällä luottamus kanssaihmisiin on maailman toiseksi korkein ja jolla on maailman korkein lukutaito. Ja kaikista tärkeimpänä, mitä väärää on siinä, että te haluatte maailman ainoan suomalaisen valtion pysyvän myös jatkossa suomalaisten kansallisena kotina. Nämä ovat sen kaltaisia kysymyksiä, joita monet teistä ovat käyneet mielessään läpi ja tunteneet sen johdosta täysin oikeutetusti alati kasvavaa voimattomuuden tunnetta. Teidän ihanteitanne on pyritty usein painamaan maahan erilaisten väitteiden perusteella, jotka kuitenkin kantavat sisällään valheen siemenen. Hyvin usein nämä väitteet nivoutuvat yhteen sen olettamuksen ympärille, jonka mukaan radikaalitkin muutokset suomalaisessa yhteiskunnassa edustavat ainoastaan vääjäämätöntä kehitystä. Ikään kuin eläisimme vaihtoehdottomuuden haalistamassa maailmassa, jossa kokonainen kansakunta kuvataan ainoastaan tahdottomana ajopuuna, jonka suuntaa määrittää ainoastaan joen voimakas virta, Tämän ajattelutavan mukaan suomalaisella yhteiskunnalla on vain yksi mahdollinen kehityskulku, joka tulee väistämättä muuttamaan pysyvästi yhteiskuntaamme, halusimme sitä muutosta tai emme. Tämä väistämätön muutos pyritään kuvaamaan eräänlaisena luonnonvoimana, jota vastaan toimiminen olisi jo lähtökohtaisesti sulaa hulluutta. Asiat ikään kuin vain tapahtuvat ilman, että kukaan puuttuu millään tavoin kyseiseen kehitykseen. Tämä deterministinen ajattelu ei kuitenkaan pidä paikkaansa, mitään ennalta määrättyä kohtaloa ei ole olemassa, sillä todellisuudessa jokainen kansakunta määrittää itse oman tulevaisuutensa, sanojensa ja tekojensa kautta. Avuttoman ajopuun sijasta suomalainen kansakunta kuvastaa enemmänkin samojaa, joka päättää itse oman ikiaikaisen matkansa määränpään. Yksikään nykyisistä, usein väistämättömänä markkinoidusta muutoksista ei ole peruuttamaton, vaan ainoastaan yksi pieni harha-askel vuosituhansia kestäneellä matkalla. Mikäli kuljettu reitti uhkaa viedä matkaajaa väärään suuntaan, hän kykenee aina pysähtymään, arvioimaan kuljettua matkaansa ja valitsemaan tämän jälkeen itselleen uuden suunnan. 
Arvo suomalaiset, tässä ajassa ja tässä hetkessä te edustatte kyseistä matkustajaa tai matkaajaa. Ja ainoastaan te määräätte matkanne määränpäin. Elias Simojoki totesi aikoinaan viisaasti, että kansakunnan suuruutta ei ole ikinä määrittänyt sen lukumäärä, vaan sen kyky säilyttää sisukkuutensa suurimman hädän hetkellä. Esimerkkinä hän käytti vuosisatoja sitten eläneitä suomalaisia, jotka piilopiirteistä palattuaan löysivät oman kylänsä poltettuina ja ryövättyinä. Entinen kotiseutu oli muuttunut autioksi erämaaksi, jonka lisäksi niin monet heille läheiset ihmiset oltiin kaapattu orjiksi tyydyttämään viereisen survallan itsekkäitä tarpeita. Tästä kaikesta huolimatta nämä ihmiset eivät lannistuneet, vaan rakensivat kylänsä uudelleen. Kylvivät pellot ja tekivät kaikkensa, jottei seuraava sukupolvi joutuisi kokemaan sitä samaa hävitystä, jonka he olivat itse joutuneet kokemaan. Suuri ja näennäisesti mahtavakin valtio voi hetkittäisen kriisin aikana uhistua nopeasti, mikäli sen kansalaisilta puuttuu henkistä kestävyyttä ja kykyä kohdata vastaan tulevia haasteita. Toisaalta taas pienikin kansa voi olla suurvalta, mikäli se kykenee pysymään yhtenäisenä ja sisukkaana, vaikka kaikki toivo näyttäisi olevan menetetty. Tämä kansa on historiansa aikana osoittanut monta kertaa sen, ettei se pelkää suurimpiakaan uhkia, eikä se taivu epätoivoisenkaan tilanteen edessä taistelematta. Nämä historian sukupolvet eivät ole vain myyttisiä sankarihahmoja, joihin nykyajan ihmiset kokevat kaipuuta ja samaistumisen tarvetta. Kyseiset sankarit ovat meidän synnyinmaan kasvattajia, Ihmisiä, jotka edustavat samaa jatkumoa teidän itsenne kanssa. Yksikään ihminen ei ole turisti kotimaassaan tai pelkkä maan päälle ilmestynyt yksittäinen ja sattumavarainen atomi. Jokainen teistä on oman itsensä lisäksi tämän maan ja tämän kansakunnan luomus, joka kantaa olemuksessaan, mielessään, tavoissaan ja teoissaan vuosisatojen ja tuhansien perintöä. Jokainen meistä on osa sitä katkeamatonta lenkkiä, joka sitoo meidät osaksi aiempia sukupolvia. Me olemme kaikki osa yhtä suurta suomaista tarinaa, ja tulevaisuudessa meidän jälkeläisemme tulevat jatkamaan tätä tarinaa omalla panoksellaan. Ja kuten aiempiakin sukupolvia, myös meitä ohjaa halu jättää tuleville sukupolville turvallinen, hyvinvoiva ja eheä maa, jossa suomaiset voivat elää rauhassa ja toteuttaa itseänsä vapaasti. Kaiken kaikkiaan, rakkaat suomalaiset, minä haluan kannustaa teitä valitsemallani tiellä. Minä toivon, että tulevaisuudessa te voitte julkisesti osoittaa kiintymystänne omaa maatanne kohtaan. Minä tiedän hyvin, kuinka tärkeä tämä maa teille on, kuin myös sen, miten jokainen teistä voi omalla panoksellaan tehdä siitä vielä hieman paremman meidän seuraaville sukupolville. Tänä iltana me olemme kokoontuneet kokemaan jakamattoman yhteyden aiempiin sukupolvimme, joka huipentuu matkalla Hietaniemme sankarihautuumaalle. Tällä elellä me emme ainoastaan kunnioita sodan kauhut kokenutta sukupolvea, vaan muistelemme kaikkia niitä ilon ja surun hetkiä, joita suomaiset ovat pitkän historiansa aikana yhdessä kokeneet. Minä uskon, että jokainen teistä on halukas omalta osaltaan tekemään Suomesta meille suomaiselle maailman parhaimman maan. Tämä työ vaatii sisukkuutta, periksi antamattomuutta, pitkäjänteisyyttä ja rohkeutta, eikä kyseinen urakka tule olemaan missään nimessä helppo. Kulkuessa kantamanne soihdut symbolisoivat sitä sisällä ne roihuavaa ikiaikaista suomalaisuutta, joka on lämmittänyt kansaamme kylmyydessä ja tuonut meille valoa ja toivoa paremmasta synkimmänkin pimeyden keskellä. Tuo ikiaikainen liekki on roihunut jokaisen meitä aiemman sukupolven sydämessä, ja se tulee palaamaan kirkkaana myös tulevaisuudessa. Rakkaat suomalaiset, rakkaat veljet ja sisaret, tämä ilta on teidän iltanne, eikä sitä iltaa tule kukaan teitä pois riistämään. Olkaa rohkeita, käyttäytykää arvokkaasti, 
ja jakakaa tämä ikimuistoinen hetki toistenne kanssa. Tämä päivä on suomalaisten juhlapäivä ja toivottavasti se tulee olemaan sitä vielä satojen vuosien päästä. Kiitos. Se on paljon makeampaa kuin katsella kotona jotain kättä.